Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. Verse 1, And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. He dreams. Go down to verse 8. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof, Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me inward uh, in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew servant, to the captain of the guard. <clears throat> and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream. He did interpret. And it came to pass, uh, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment. And came in unto Pharaoh. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word. And uh, Father, I just pray for the filling of your spirit. Uh, help me and fill me and help me to teach uh, this lesson uh, tonight, Father, to your church. And fill my dear wife with your spirit watching the children tonight. I thank you for the good services, services for the privilege that we had to hear your word go forth, Father, and to apply it uh, to our hearts. And and, uh, and Lord, we're so thankful for, uh, for your spirit, for your son, for your word, and all you've given us, everything that we need uh, concerning life and godliness, Father. And, and Lord, we thank you and we praise you for that. And uh, once again, uh, minister to our hearts tonight and help us to be faithful in this, this thing of the Great Commission, working together, uh, working with each other, working with you. Dear God, to get, uh, to get the message of your, your, your salvation out, your blessed Son who's died for the sins of the whole world, risen again, that whosoever will uh, may come. And Father, we, we need your grace and your strength to be faithful in this thing, especially as the days grow darker. We need that wisdom and that strength to continue. And Lord, we look to you now. Uh, bless us tonight. Uh, speak to our hearts. And, Father, we pray, we ask these things, and we're thankful for those that are with us online as well. And, and uh, we pray that soon we'd be able to be back together and, and uh, that you'd help uh, our leaders and give them wisdom and grace in this COVID environment and, and uh, what truly is wise that needs to be done. And, uh, Father, please help us in this. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right. So the last we saw Joseph, he was ministering and serving in prison, and he was laboring faithfully under persecution, just uh, doing the best he could where God would ha had put him. Certainly, I'm, I'm sure, not understanding completely what was going on around him or how God's plan uh, was going to unfold. And, of course, now we see here, we pick it up here, and... 
uh, after that, uh, that, that, that plea that he made uh, to the baker there, to the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the baker there, he made that plea, say something uh, to Pharaoh for me. I'm in this prison, this dungeon, and I, and I haven't done anything worthy of being put here. And what did he do? He, he forgot him for two whole years. And uh, what, a, what a test of perseverance and such for Joseph. But now we see uh, God's plan opening. And, uh, and uh, uh, it's a wonderful thing uh, to see. And so uh, we know about the dream that Pharaoh had. He had the dream of the, of the five uh, kind or cattle that uh, were starving. And, and or, uh, he had five healthy cattle and, and five uh, you know, stalks of wheat that were very uh, fruitful and healthy. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the five uh, cattle, the five starving cattle ate the five healthy cattle and the five, you know, stalks of wheat that were blown with the wind and, and, and empty. You know, they, uh, they, ate, they ate the healthy stalks. And, and, you know, we remember how he explained it. And, uh, and so Joseph is going to interpret that dream. And I'll probably be reading it in my thing. So, uh, but anyway, he's the man with the plan. And we're going to look here uh, uh, through this passage. We see that number one, knowing God's plan creates peace. Number one, knowing God's plan uh, creates uh, peace. And uh, so Pharaoh says to uh, Joseph in verse 15 of Genesis 41, uh, I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And uh, then, and we read down there in verse 28 of, uh, of the chapter, uh, what does he say? This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth uh, unto Pharaoh. So what is Joseph talking about? He has interpreted this dream. He says, you know, the healthy cattle are going to be uh, going to be the seven good years of, uh, of uh, fruitfulness. And the, uh, you know, and the, uh, and the, the starving ones are going to be seven years of famine. And uh, so he, he's, he tells him that. And, and, uh, but Joseph says, this is the thing I've spoken to Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Now, uh, he says, God, uh, he, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. End of verse 16 there. Now, Joseph doesn't yet know the dream there. Pharaoh hasn't told him. Pharaoh is troubled, not at the interpretation of the dream, but that he doesn't know anything about what, what it means. He, that's what's troubling him. He's had this dream. It certainly means something he, he must believe. He doesn't know what it means. And the peace that Joseph is talking about is saying, when I'm done, I am sure that you are going to know what, God, what this dream has meant. God is going, you have the peace of knowing. Uh, he's not telling him, uh, Joseph, we, we, he, he may know good, or we don't know how much he actually knows. It seems like it was revealed along the way to me. I, I, I get from reading the text that Joseph was waiting for God to show it to him until, until he heard the dream. And then he was going to show it to him. But he had, the he had this confidence that God was going to show him the interpretation of the dream, whatever it was. And that would be good news to Pharaoh, at least just knowing. And, uh, and so we see that. Uh, he, and this will give him that peace. There's a peace in knowing, isn't there? And uh, in, just, in just knowing uh, knowing the will of God. 
And I'm thankful uh, uh, through the scriptures uh, that we can know the will of God and uh, read the word, you know, study it, pray. And, uh, and, and God is uh, not trying to hide his will from us. Uh, there are so many crazy ideas out there how to interpret the Bible, you know, and uh, uh, the Bible codes and, and, you know, and all, and all that, the, the, these crazy things, that, the secret things in the Bible, you know, uh, Bible codes, hidden messages purported to exist in the original text of Scripture. Claimed, many people claim to have discovered Bible codes using mathematical patterns. Some codes are found by counting letters and by assigning numerical values to each letter uh, in a text called theomatics. <laughs> uh, more complex codes are being found with the help of computers. For example, some look at Isaiah 53.5, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Uh, they take that passage, and using every 12th Hebrew letter, they spell the sentence, Jesus is my name. And uh, uh, it's amazing how far you could stretch and go, you know, go with those things. You know, what is obviously wrong about, about some of these things? Well, first of all, you have a, a man-made paradigm, or wherever it is, being put on top of the scriptures. <laughs> you know, who put, that, who put that construct together every 12th letter? Where'd that come from, you know? Uh, well, that, that, was, that was in man's brain, and uh, man's wanted to put that in the, in the computer, you know. And uh, so you have man's thinking, you know, be, be, being put on that. Yeah. And then we think of all the times that Jesus referenced the Old Testament scriptures. He never once mentioned a code. He never once uh, says, I'm, uh, here's a code for you, you've missed, but I'm going to reveal it to you now. You know, we think about the Apostle Paul, why he never did that either. Uh, he showed us the meaning of a lot of New T Old Testament scriptures. And by the way, even more than some of the people of the Old Testament time understood because they were a foreshadow of things of Christ. And the Apostle Paul, uh, 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 Lord Jesus Christ revealed those to Paul who God revealed them through his spirit, wrote them down, and uh, Paul wrote them in his writings. Now we know. But never once did Paul reference a code, uh, some kind of code whereby he found out something, or any of the, or any of the, the biblical writers. So it's interesting that, uh, you know, that uh, an interesting thing to, uh, to, con to consider. Uh, and uh, God has shown us clearly, you know, what, what we need to do. And, uh, and we don't need to try to figure out some, some, some secret code. Uh, but just reading the, the, the Bible, uh, a, a normal interpretation, a plain interpretation, and allowing it to teach us in that way. Some pe people say the story of Jonah, you know, is an, is an allegory. It's some kind of, because, they, you know, the, 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 uh, the critics of the Bible tell us, well, a whale couldn't have swallowed a guy, you know. And, and if he did swallow a guy, he couldn't come out alive and, and be preaching. Well, we know, we know God does miraculous things, don't we? And, uh, and so we don't, we don't have a problem with miracles. And so, uh, by the way, there have been historical accounts of, of people being swallowed by whales. So that's not, you know, some have said, you know, that's impossible. But there have been accounts of people that have been swallowed by whales. Uh, yeah, but living three days, hey, uh, coming out alive, we don't know. Many believe that, Jonas actually, that Jonah actually died in the whale's belly and that God raised him up as, as, as a picture of the resurrection of Christ. Uh, you know the Bible. I, I would say there, there's room for t views on both side of that side of that issue there. Uh, but but either way, uh, Jonah we know was a historical figure, and we know that because of the way the Bible the Bible treats it. In Second Kings fourteen twenty five, 
He, Jeroboam II, he restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath onto the Sea of the Plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet which, which was of Gath-Hefer, Gath-Hefer, which was the Galilee area. The scribes and Pharisees says, search the scriptures for the, the rises out of Galilee, arises no prophet. Oops, they were wrong. <laughs> and uh, the very one that Jesus was talking about, Jonah, uh, arose, arose from that area. And Jesus mentions him, by the way, as an historical figure. Uh, he says, uh, uh, they're asking him for a sign. And he says in Matthew 12, 39, he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Whereas Jonas was what? Three days and three nights in the whale's belly. What do you think happened, preacher? What do you think that story of Jonah was really talking about when that whale swallowed him and he was in the whale's belly. What do you think in three days, you know, three, what do you think that means? I think the whale swallowed him and he was in the whale's belly three days and three nights. That seems to be what Jesus thought, amen. And, uh, and, so, and so he tells us just the truth there. He says, as he was in the, the, as he was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And so Jesus referred to him as a, a historical figure and the account as an historical count. That's good enough for me. And uh, by the way, uh, where it's recorded in, in, in Jonah, it's good, it's good enough for me. Amen. And it is for all of us who are Bible believers. We, we believe the word. And uh, uh, if the plain sense makes sense, don't try to make any other sense. And uh, we, don't, uh, uh, we don't want to do that. Don't go to the Bible to find what you believe. Go, go, don't, don't go to the, find what, the Bible to find what you believe. Go to the Bible and believe what you find. And, uh, and that's hard for us to do sometimes, trying to set aside all our preconceptions and things that we've learned, you know, and, and uh, uh, been taught, and, and, then, and then say, now what does, what, what does it just plainly say as we compare Scripture with Scripture and, and study and such, uh, learning, what the Bible's, learning what the Bible says, keeping things in context. Uh, in the Bible. You know, the Bible says there is no God. It says it right in plain writing. I'll read it to you. Uh, Psalm 14.1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There it is, okay? It's there. You know, don't, don't, don't pull things out of context. By, well, we say it all the time in the political debates and stuff, don't we? Well, so-and-so said blah, blah, blah. They repeat half the sentence, you know, and, uh, and it's terrible when you hear it. Then the other person says, yeah, but you left out the first half. And uh, yeah, and then they they tell you what the first half was, and you say, "Oh, I never heard anything so wonderful," you know. And it's amazing what we can do, you know. Uh, uh, and uh, 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 taking the plain sense and learning uh, learning in that way. Uh, he says, uh, uh, "You know, God has shown us, you know, what He is about to do. God had shown Pharaoh what He's about to do. God has shown us what He is about to do. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout." With the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, folks. That's what God's about to do, okay? That's what's coming next on the calendar, amen? And we know that. And by the way, that's clear. And, uh, and we are looking for that and praying towards that. And, uh, and, we know, and we know after that comes what? The seven-year tribulation period. 
uh, where uh, uh, God's going to uh, do some judging there, especially in that last half of that, that, that seven years. Then comes what? Armageddon, uh, that battle uh, there uh, and, uh, as, as the armies uh, ascend on Israel. Then comes uh, 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 Christ comes down Armageddon and destroys those armies that come to descend on Israel. Then what? Then the millennium. Christ takes over and reigns. And, and uh, resurrected saints reign with him. Uh, people that are saved in mortal bodies uh, go on into the millennium and live as, as, uh, as, as, as uh, uh, subjects of that kingdom. Uh, people in, 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 in uh, immortal bodies reign as rulers with Christ in that kingdom. And Israel, as a nation, is exalted in that kingdom. And you have both Israelites at that time that are in mortal bodies and Israelites that are in immortal bodies who've been raised up, Old Testament saints, ruling and reigning, and, and, and even uh, is Israelites uh, serving in capacities there in mortal bodies in the millennium. Uh, then we have what? The War of the Nations. Uh, all the nations gather together after a thousand years. They say, we're going to attack this camp of the saints here in, in Jerusalem. And what happens? Fire comes down from heaven, and that's a quick battle, isn't it? And it's done. That's the, you know, that, uh, that war uh, of the nations there. Then, of course, we have the, the great white throne, uh, uh, where the, the folks there that haven't received Christ and have rejected him, those whose names aren't written in the book of life, are cast in a lake of fire. Then we have the new heaven and the new earth. Folks, that's a whole lot, isn't it? And that we know God has shown us uh, from the scripture. And so uh, that, ought to, uh, that ought to bring a peace to our hearts. And at least we know what God's doing. You know, he's shown us through his prophets. He's shown us uh, through his scriptures. Uh, the dream says was doubled. Uh, so it's, it's shortly going to come to pass. Now, how do, how do we know that the dream being doubled that, that meant it was going to be short, shortly come to pass. That's because that's what Joseph said. <laughs> okay, That's what God said to Joseph. If he hadn't told us that, we wouldn't be able to look at every dream. Well, he dreamed it twice. Must be going to, ha must be going to happen quick. We wouldn't be able to say that. But God showed us, in this case, that's what it meant. And, uh, and by the way, whenever you see a dream or a parable or something... Look for what God says about it, amen. Look for where he explains it later uh, or where you can make comparison and really learn what you're supposed to learn from it. Uh, we've pointed out uh, multiple times that most of the times parables are trying to make how many points? One point. Parables have one main point. And, and the scripture will, will, will show us that. And we need to be careful if we, we try to you know, go, go too far. And I love illustrations in the Old Testament. It's a shadow of things to come. And I think if you, you, know, if you find a historical event and, and you're looking at that and you say, wow, that, that's, that's really like the crucifixion. I think it makes a wonderful illustration. God's not against that. He's not against using the history that he made and orchestrated to, to illustrate what he's done. Even, by the way, even if he hasn't used that particular historical event as an illustration himself in the Bible, he's not against that. The whole Old Testament is what? A shadow of things to come. Yeah, so if you see events, right, see events, and you're saying, wow, that's, that's really like, I mean, some of the things that we saw of Joseph when we looked at how he pictured Christ, those aren't mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. But we just looked at what God said about Joseph, just looked at what God said about, you know, about Jesus, and said, well, that's, that's pretty much the same, you know, rejected by his brethren and, and, uh, at the first time, and, and he, was, uh, he was then uh, uh, you know, recognized by them the, 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 the second time that, 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 uh, that they came to him, you know, much like Christ. Those things, they, they, they make, they're wonderful illustrations of God's truth. 
and, uh, and, I, and I think God's glorified even in that. But we know what we're supposed to do. Uh, we're supposed to be witnesses for Christ. Uh, we have the great commission before us. And uh, uh, we see it all through the Bible. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20, Acts 1, Romans 1 and 10, 1 Corinthians 15, 2 Corinthians 5, Galatians 4, Ephesians 6, Philippians 2, Colossians 1, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 2, 2 Titus 2, Philemon 17 and 19, Hebrews 10, James 1, 1 Peter 2, 2 Peter 3, 1 John 1, 2 John 9, 3 John 8, Jude 22 and 23, Revelation 22. All those verses talk something about the gospel or being a partner in the gospel so uh our greatest task brethren is what to do what god has shown us amen uh, and, and to be and to be faithful in that uh, be, be faithful in that so knowing god's plan uh, creates peace uh, secondly we see that knowing god's plan calls for prudence knowing god's plan calls for prudence look at verse 33 in genesis 41 now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. So Joseph interprets this dream. Here's what's going to happen. And you need to be planning. You need to get busy and to get ready for this. And so knowing God's plan calls for proof. He says, let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint officers over the land. Take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. Uh, let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh. Let them keep food in the cities. And uh, that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt. Let the land perish not through the famine. Seven years. And so Joseph uh, gives them some wisdom in how to, repair, how to prepare. Interesting, Joseph, you know, he didn't say, he said, well, we got seven years of famine coming, so we might as well live it up. We got seven plenteous years coming now, so it's, you know, let's enjoy it while we can. No, Joseph was what? Prudent. He was wise. It's time to get to work. It's time to do what we can. Uh, he didn't say, let's, well, let's just have a good time. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, you know, to that seven years of famine. No, that's not what he said. He knew it was coming. So he knew he had to prepare. Amen. That's prudence. A prudent man, what? Foreseeth, foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. And uh, so he knew it was coming. And uh, he prepared. He planned for those seven years of famine. He saved in the times of plenty that he might have what he needed to, during the famine. And we need to be wise stewards of the resources that God gives us. Use them wisely. Proverbs 8.12 I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I, wisdom, uh, dwell with prudence. <clears throat> and God uh, would expect that of us as he leads and, guide, and guides us. Uh, we can trust in him along the way Psalm 37 3 trust in the Lord do good so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed and we are to be witnesses to be prudent uh, in, in being witnesses be God, we are to be godly we are to know the plan of salvation to learn the word of God Colossians three sixteen. let the word of Christ dwell what in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs <clears throat> Knowing uh, God's plan calls for prudence. And we'll actually have a little more uh, information to fit under this point and another one here in, in a little bit. But uh, knowing God's plan calls for prudence. Thirdly, knowing God's plan charges us personally. It charges us personally. Uh, 
Look at verse 38. Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And you know what? That's, that's you and me, all of us who are born again. The Spirit of God is in us. What Pharaoh is saying is, because you, can have, you have the Spirit of God in you. And by the way, uh, the Spirit of God, Joseph had the Spirit of, Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God had Joseph. Amen? And Pharaoh said, because of that, you can lead. You're the one that came up with the plan. You're the one that interpreted the dream. God's obviously with you. You're going you're to take the lead. Personal, uh, personal responsibility. And, uh, and so he says in verse 41, uh, he said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Personal, uh, personal responsibility. And when it comes to prudence, and when it comes to uh, uh, knowing what to do, God is looking, God holds us personally responsible. We are to be learning his word. We are to be learning his will. We are to be seeking to discern what we ought to be doing in this day. And uh, Luke 12, 48, For unto whom much is given, of him shall be much required. And God's given us a lot, hasn't he? He has given us his son, he is the advocate at the right hand of the Father. He has given His Spirit to live in our hearts. He's given His inspired Word to us, unchanging, living Word of God. And we can learn it. We're to go in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can be learning these things and growing in Him. And He charges us personally to be responsible with these things. James 1.21 Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. See, it's a personal responsibility. That's what we were talking about uh, this morning is, is really being a disciple of God. It's, it's hiding in, it's abiding you know, in, in, uh, in Christ. It's, 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 it's running to that hiding place. You know, when Joseph was, uh, was asked about, by Pharaoh about that dream, I've heard you interpret, interpret dreams. What do you say? It's not in me. See, Joseph was used to what? Running to the refuge, amen. He, he, he was trusting that when Pharaoh, when, when Pharaoh spilled that dream out, his God was going to show him. He said, I, I got nothing right now. It's not in me. But God's the interpreter of dreams, you see, because Joseph was in the habit of trusting God and running to God. And, uh, you know, we, we, we think sometimes, well, I got the Holy Spirit in me. Uh, can I just go out and do it? No, because you have the Holy Spirit in you, you can pray continually. Amen. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not an excuse not to pray. Well, I have the Holy Spirit in me, so God's enabled me. Yeah, but because you have the Holy Spirit, you can pray. He's your intercessor, you see. You can throw up those prayers like Nehemiah. You know, I remember when he was asking to go, go rebuild the wall and see how the city was doing. And the king said, okay, I'll let you go. How long are you going to be gone? Well, Nehemiah didn't say, hold on, king. I'm going to give a prayer meeting and fast and call a few of my... He had to answer right away. What did he say? What did he, say? he says, I prayed to the God of heaven. And then he answered. He threw, threw up a prayer. Nehemiah, what? Had run to the shelter. He, he, he ran to that, that hiding place. And he got an answer from God when he needed it. See, because we have the Spirit in us, we can pray all the time. Amen? We can just think of prayer and, uh, and be communicating with God, asking Him for strength, asking Him for wisdom, asking Him for direction, asking Him for forgiveness, as whatever it might be, constant communication. 
back and forth. In addition to those times that we have set aside to pray and seek God's face in a quiet place and in a place, a regular place that we have, have that we pray and, uh, uh, and, and having, you know, going to God in, in, in intercessions and prayers, knowing God's plan charges us, uh, uh, us personally. Uh, we are to be good stewards you know, of what God has given. <clears throat> being careful to use what God has given us for his, his will. You know, we think about being a stewardship. Uh, there are some who would save every penny they make, and there are some who would spend every penny they make. Uh, and God calls us, uh, there are some who'd say that if you can't retire at age 65 with X amount of dollars in the bank, along with a sufficient you know, emergency fund, uh, and of course all the necessary insurances, well, you haven't been prudent. There are some who'd say that. Uh, but uh, you know, the fact is, we need to seek God's will on this thing, individually, personally. It's a personal responsibility. Prudence is, is held to us personally by God. God. God is having what? A personal relationship with us. Christ is our personal Savior. Amen. And God is having a personal relationship with us to lead us and guide us. He may lead you differently than he leads me. You see what I'm saying? Now, there are some things that are for all of us. Uh, when, you have, when you rear children, there are some things that all the kids have to do. And there are some things that none of the kids can do. But as you're rearing those children, there's, and, and they're, they're in different stages, you have different things for different ones. Some can do this, but these ones can't do this. And you, be, and you begin dealing with them what? Per, you deal with them as a whole, and you deal with them personally, you see. There are personal things as well. And that's the way uh, this thing of prudence is, especially with this, you know, this thing of discerning you know, what God has for, for me exactly. Seeking God's will on the issue that we may lead a balanced Christian life. Uh, uh, and uh, Proverbs twenty one twenty. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. So if we're not careful, we can spend too much. Uh, Proverbs eighteen nine. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. Now, our conscience would tell us that you know, if we're wasting stuff all the time. That's just not right. That's not being a good steward, right? Uh, you know, part of being a, a good steward, a good worker, is cutting waste, isn't it? Be becoming more efficient at things. God says uh, 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 that a slothful uh, in his work is, is brother to him that is a great waster. So obviously we want to be hard workers. We want to work hard at what we do. Uh, we're to be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Uh, you know, Proverbs talks about you know considering considering the ant, and uh, you know he gathers his meat in, in, in the summer and provides you know, his, his meat in the winter and such. And, and uh, but you can go a long way with that. You know, someone says, you know, how much does an ant gather? He gathers as much as we can as, as he can <laughs> when he can. You say, boy, boy, the world can run away with that one, can't they? And uh, that's why we need the Holy Spirit, don't we? Uh, uh, to guide us and direct. By the way, there's a time that we can't work. The ant can't work in the winter. Uh, the ant, uh, his metabolism slows down and, and they have to go underground or behind the tree bark or in your house and my house. You know, when, when the snow blows and, and the winter gets cold, they got to go someplace because they, they just can't move 
that slow. When they can't gather, they go slower. You know, one of the best ways, the, the best ways you control your budget is what? By, is by how much you spend, <laughs> how much I spend. That's one of the quickest ways to control your budget, you see. And when the ant can't go out and get stuff, what? It's, he's, he's moving more slowly. Uh, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not expending the energy, you see. There's lots of we can learn from an ant. And we ought to have our wisdom in that. But as soon as that springtime starts to warm up a little bit and that body temperature in that little ant gets to the point where he can move, he's not, oh, I'll sleep in for another week or two, you know, the month. No, he's right up there, right, right back out, right back out there working hard. And uh, we need to be that way too. Uh, and uh, following God and doing the work that, you know, that God has called us to do. Uh, but uh, uh, the scriptures warn against laziness, against, against uh, uh, wastefulness. The, the Bible condemns covetousness and keeping too much. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four: There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meet, but it tendeth to poverty. That's the truth. <laughs> And uh, so what's that mean for me? That's between you and God now, isn't it? And you're going you're to have to figure that out, and I'm going to have to figure that out. You see, we're to be giving. God likes to give. God loves the cheerful giver. We are to work that we may have what? Uh, to meet our own needs, to help others, and to have to give. And to have to give. Uh, and, uh, but not keeping too much. First uh, Timothy six seventeen. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, which who giveth all things to enjoy. Proverbs 23, 4. Labor not to be rich. That's five powerful words right there. Labor not to be rich. What are the, what's the most of the world laboring for? So I have enough money so I never have to work again. They're laboring to be rich. <laughs> That's what they're laboring for. I want to go have my vacations and blah, blah, blah. The money, you know, is, the Bible says, that's, that's not your goal. That's not your goal. We are to labor uh, as the Holy Spirit directs. And we are to be giving and, uh, and uh, you know, doing what God has called us to do, each one of us. Uh, being faithful in, in laboring, providing for our own, the scripture says. Uh, <clears throat> all these things. <clears throat> I mean, in, uh, in, in 1 Timothy 5, if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's 1 Timothy 5.8. How did Jesus fulfill that commandment? It seems that Mary uh, was, uh, was a widow at that time. We, we, we assume that she was. There's no mention of Joseph, you know, after Christ is 12 years old. It seems that Mary, and, and, and what, how did Jesus take care of that? Oh, by the way, I've left a bank account for my mother, and uh, she'll be kept. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. Uh, you know, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus uh, took care of that. He said, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, that would be John, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. And then, said, and said, then he said to John, behold thy mother. I told Jesus took care of that. Well, that doesn't count for providing for your own. It did for Jesus. <laughs> that, that's the way. That was the will. That was God's will for how the Son of God was going to provide for his mom. 
in the flesh in, in there. You see how it's different for us? You see, Jesus had built such a relationship with John. Jesus had given so much of himself. That wasn't a problem for John. And that, that was God's will for John to take care of Jesus' mother, to take her into his home. That was God's will. Jesus knew that. He always did the Father's will. You see, his will wasn't having a bunch of money for Mary. His will was to give her to John uh, when he would leave. You see, God works differently at times, doesn't he? And uh, we, need to be, we need to be seeking him in that. Uh, you know, it, the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. 31, here it is. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Why is that verse in there? Because God wants to work on my heart personally. He wants Bob Crawford to work as much as he wants Bob Crawford to work. He wants Bob Crawford to give as much as he wants to give through Bob Crawford. You see, he has plans for me that might not match you. He has plans for you that might not match me. But you know what? He expects me to judge my own heart. To know whether I have given what he's called me to give. Whether I have worked as he's called me to work. You see, God doesn't... You see, if he just gave us a list, do this, 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 and this, where's the personal relationship? See, God didn't step out of this thing just because he gave us his book. He put his spirit in us, what? To have a personal relationship with us, amen? Each individually. And he wants to be always, every day, leading and guiding us and as we go back and forth in our, in, in our communication, in that personal relationship. He, he, he might have me to talk to someone tomorrow and tell them about Jesus. He might have you do the same. He, that's the Holy Spirit in us. He wants to be the judge of that. Have, I have to judge myself. Have I done what God, I felt God's Spirit moving me to do today? Have I given where God's spirit, I feel God's Spirit moved me to give today? That's an individual thing. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Oh, well, I, I really think I should have done this, but uh, my, I, I'm judging myself and I'm convicted. I think I did wrong there, but it's not, it's not written down, so I'll be okay. No, God says if my spirit told you to do it and you don't do it, that's his disobedience. And God will what? He'll not judge you, but you'll be chastened. <laughs> and I'll be chastened. We might not be condemned with the, world, that, with the world. That's his personal plan. He loves, and yes, when we disobey, he brings chastening when we need it. You know, he may chasten me, not, not, for something, not for something that's written in the scripture. He may, chasten me, he may chase me because I didn't witness somebody that I was supposed to. He, he may do that. That's his prerogative, amen. His spirit convicted me for some reason. I, you know, I, I brushed it off, and now I get chastened. By the way, he may do that to you as well. Maybe I should have given to this cause or that. I should have helped that person out. Uh, many, how many times have, have we done something like that and God didn't chasten us? We can all raise our hands. He's very merciful, isn't he? But you know what? He has the right to every time, doesn't he? Every time his spirit moves us to do something and, we, and we, we brush it off as though he hadn't said anything, he has the right to chasten us, doesn't he? But so many times he'll convict us again. You know, and we'll, we'll, he'll put us in the same situation and say, you know, we'll be, we'll, you know, hopefully we'll get that right and recognize it. 
And then he'll give us an opportunity, you know, to, uh, uh, to do right and to please him. We don't make up for it or pay for it. Christ's blood does that and has covered that. Uh, but uh, it's, that, it's that personal, personal relationship with him, that, 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 uh, that personal thing. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> there are some things uh, for all of us. And uh, pages turn turn around here. <clears throat> there are some things for all of us. Uh, working hard, I mentioned that. Going to the ant uh, in Proverbs, uh, not being slothful. Uh, you know, Proverbs twenty four. I went by the field of the slothful and. The wall was broken down with thorns and nettles that covered the, you know, the, the face thereof. And he says, uh, the wall was broken down. And I considered it well, looked on it. We're all supposed to be hard workers. Uh, we ought to work under a budget as believers. Uh, and at the top of that budget ought to be what? Tithes and offerings. We are to give tithes and offerings. We believe that's, you know, tithe, tithe means 10%. You know, you start at you start at ten percent. By the way, ten percent is is not law. Ten percent is before the law. Okay, Joseph mentioned giving, or uh, uh, Jacob mentioned giving ten percent. Abraham gave ten percent. You know, to, to Melchizedek. Uh, Jacob, when he when he had, after he had met the, uh, the, the the after after he had met God there at Bethel, I, I believe having learned from Abraham, he says, "I'll worship you if you'll." He he didn't have the right idea of you know he ought to worship God whether God God's already done enough for him to worship. He tried to make some deals with God, but he did recognize that giving him ten percent was part of worship. Because Abraham had taught, you know, you know, he learned that from I, from his dad Isaac and his grand and his grandfather Abraham. Uh, they, 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 he learned that ten percent thing, and he mentioned and he mentioned that himself. But we ought to give beyond that. We ought to give tithes and offerings. We ought to start with that in our budget, uh, and give, and then we ought to give as God directs. We give tithes and offerings uh, where, where we worship. Then we ought to give give as God directs. God directs to a need there. We ought to give. Uh, God, you know, directs us to give some money or some time or 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 whatever it might be. Maybe it's, maybe it's some material things that we have uh, to give, and uh, we, and we ought to ha- have that in, in our budget. We ought to then, and then we worked what to supply our own needs uh, and uh, meet, meeting those things. Uh, and First uh, Timothy six eight goes a long way. Having food and raiment, let us be there with, with content. That's pretty hard, isn't it? <laughs> Having food and raiment. And most of us believe that we, we, the message this morning, we need a tabernacle, don't we? We, uh, we, we need a place to live because this, this is a weak body we live in. We can't live outside. You know, you know I, think, I think it's like two degrees. What? You, get, you can get hypothermic and die if your body temperature stays down like two degrees for too long. You can, it's, really, it's really a weak body. It's really a, a fragile body that we live in. So we need, do need a shelter. So we need we need food and clothing and, and shelter when, and and God will provide uh, those things. Uh, having but but you know, but having food and rent, very little, be content uh, with with the needs being met. Get out of debt. Get out of debt when you can. Uh, don't live on credit. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrow is servant to the lender. Now many people will borrow. I don't believe that the Bible teaches against all borrowing. The Jew, the, uh, uh, the Jews were allowed to lend uh, to others, uh, so so borrowing must not be a sin, uh, since uh, the Jews were allowed to lend to others. Uh, but what God was saying is, when the Bible says, "No, no, oh, no man, anything but to love one another," 
when you make a deal to borrow and you have payments to pay back, make those payments on time and make those payments as much as they're supposed to be. The business deals you do, be faithful and honest in those deals. And by the way, uh, make sure the things you can afford to be honest and, and to pay those things on time. That's what he's talking about there. Most of us can't, anybody, you know, most of us in here, you're probably not going to say, well, I don't want to borrow, so, you know, here's, uh, here's $50,000 for that car I want, you know, or $40,000. Here's, here's $200,000 for that house and piece of land I want. So I, I don't want to be in debt, so most of us, you know, we can't do that, okay? And, and so what do we do? We borrow money, we make payments. And by the way, the bank's very good, very fine with that, okay? They, they make money on that, okay? They, they make out on that. You're not, you're not, you're not, we're not hurting them, okay? And we faithfully make those payments, and, uh, but getting out of debt, but borrowing as little as possible and paying those debts back uh, to provide for old age. Like the ant, there's going to be a time come when we get old. And uh, not many of us will be able to work right up to the day we die. Uh, it'll be an anomaly if we do. There are those who do, obviously. But uh, we don't know if we're going to be one of them. Amen. <laughs> and so it's nothing wrong with trying to set some money back for, for those days, uh, the winter days of your life, so to speak, uh, when you may not be able to work. And uh, setting some money aside for that. Uh, don't co-sign for loans. Proverbs 6, 1 through 5, and Proverbs eleven fifteen, Don't sign for loans for somebody else. Uh, the Bible says that's not a wise thing to do. And, uh, um, and so don't do that. Um, I know that may not be popular among some places today, but that's okay. Amen. Because you are responsible, what? For your debts. But God says, if you make yourself responsible for somebody else's debts, you're foolish. You know, you know, if if they if they have to get you uh, to get the loan, then maybe they're getting ahead of themselves. You see what I'm saying? And uh, that that's the that's the 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 advice that the that, that the Bible gives. And then finally, through through uh, this passage, we see that knowing God's plan calls for patience. Knowing God's plan calls for patience. <clears throat> Genesis 41, uh, 46 there. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh, went throughout all the lands of Egypt. Going back in Joseph's life, uh, these are the generations of Joseph. Genesis 37, 2. Being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wife. And Joseph brought unto him his Father Eve report. So, what what do we have? We have about 13 years, Joseph being a slave slash prisoner, for 13 years, waiting for God's plan uh, to unfold. You see, uh, even though you know Joseph knew the plan, knew what the dream was, knew what the plan would be after the dream, Joseph in his own life didn't know what his own dreams were. He didn't know how God was going to unfold them. But what was he doing? He was doing what he knew to do. Amen? Where he was, he was doing what he knew to do. And you know what God holds you accountable for? What you know to do. 
what he is showing you to do. As you are reading his word, like he's leading you to read it personally. For me, he may lead me to read a different number of chapters a day than you, and, and you than me. Uh, he, he leads us personally in that. But we ought to be reading and studying as God leads. And as we pray, then he expects us what? To do, to do what we're learning and, and to be doing those things. Well, what about this? What about, you know, uh, let, let's pray this for our church. We've been praying for a building. And I think uh, it's been kind of been pressed on my heart. You know, God owns the cattle on the hills, hill, thousand hills of wealth and every mine. The earth is, is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to God. And so uh, we need to begin, we need to pray for a building. If we have another family come with children, you know, it's, it's going to be tight, you know. Uh, and uh, we, want, we want a little bit more room. And so uh, uh, those folks watching online out here, you know, we're just a tiny little church. We're just talking about a couple people, okay. We're not uh, some uh, great big congregation that are all crammed in here like sardines, okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, uh, we, know, we know if God tarries and if things work out, we, as far as we know, there's, there's going to be another family coming uh, soon, within a few months, uh, probably, probably next year or sometime, maybe uh, more toward the middle of the year. And they have some kids, and so we're going to need some room. Let's start praying. Say, do I know for sure that this is God's will? I'm being led, being led, I think, to pray this way. There's a lot of church buildings in Corvallis, isn't there? We have a, it is a battle trying to get through this code thing <laughs> with, with new buildings. And, it is a battle. Let's pray God give us a building here in Cavallis. One that's, all, that's already be, being used for church. He said, what are you praying, preacher? You praying evil on, 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 on some congregation meeting in town? No, no, no. Don't look at it that way. I'm praying this. Maybe there's a church in town that's that, that's that's uh that's preaching the, the gospel and doing good god can bless them and give them a different place <laughs> amen that's right maybe there is a place in town that has a building and they're not preaching the truth they're not preaching the gospel and you know what you know who that building belongs to god doesn't it there is lords in the fullness thereof he could give us that building I wish no ill upon anyone. I'd rather see somebody get blessed, move on, and say, oh, here, you can have, yeah, you, you guys can meet here. We, we, we got blessed with this blessing, and, and we're going to build this new building now. We, we think we can help you out in your ministry. That'd be great. Listen, God can do it the way he wants. But I think, I think he is pleased when we ask him more specifically. Amen? So let's start praying uh, that, that God will open up a building here in, in town here it might be just on the outskirts of town where where it's, it's already being used for a church and of course in that case you know it would be able it would be easier to move just right on in you know e either by either by buying it and affording the lease uh, or, or affording the the mortgage or just leasing it and being able to afford to lease in our budget uh, but praying specifically in that realm uh, not some place that we have to go and you know try to get the water lines put in you know and uh, you know and, and 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 great big sprinkler systems put out and and and, re and revamp the whole building. Let's just pray a little bit more specifically regarding that. If God will, I like to say, if you will, Lord, like that you know like like that like that leper, you know, if Thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean. <laughs> I like that. You know, Jesus said, "I will be Thou clean." <laughs> you know, we can say, "If you will, God." 
give us a give us a church building that we can move right into you know what god might answer i will <laughs> he just might say i will i think sometimes we don't get specific enough in prayer in our prayers and so god's doesn't get the glory uh that he wants to get sometimes uh, but let's let's begin to pray um in that way um regarding that let's pray heavenly father i thank you for your goodness and blessings and i thank you for this church and, and father uh, uh we have uh uh room to meet even now and and uh the chair is spaced out and and uh and father we're thankful for that and and there are uh there are some uh benefits to being a small church and and uh father we have enjoyed those and uh, but in uh, a few months, Lord, if you tarry and if if uh, if you'd give us uh, another family with children, as we're praying and always wanting uh, more people to come, God, and to be able to reach more, we we need a little bit more room, Father, and we we put that before you, and and, and Father, we do pray, and, and uh, we do pray, God, that you'd open up a building that perhaps uh, is not being used, was used for a church, but not being used much anymore uh maybe there's a maybe there's a place that uh, you're not blessing because they've wandered from you we pray for revival there uh father but uh but you know there may be some place where it's just your will uh, uh for uh for that for for them to be removed there may be some place you want to bless like we said uh, father that they would uh, uh a building would come available we don't know how god uh uh, some place some place might just relocate but lord uh we uh we want to prepare uh, for blessings that we're praying for <clears throat> and i pray lord that if you will father that you'd provide us a building and show us where that is and help us to be able to get moved into it in an, in an expedient fashion and in the meantime lord help us to listen to your spirit to be doing all that we can do here in loving people in loving one another ministering to this town and to uh to our neighborhoods and to the world through our missionaries help us to be faithful in these things thank you lord god thank you for your spirit i thank you for your son and lord i thank you for this blessed book we read about so many lives it is so full of your power and of your love and of your wisdom of those who have known you dear god through the centuries uh, through the through the, the millenniums, Lord, those that have known you and known your power and your glory. And we worship you for that, God. And we are in need here uh, of a moving of thy spirit in our country, uh, in our town, in our hearts, God. And, and Father, we pray that, uh, that uh, we would need that building not only for one more family, but for others that would come as well in a revival and in a moving of your spirit upon our hearts and upon this place, God in these times and and father continue to please to help our leaders and uh and uh and guide them and work on their hearts and and convict them regarding godly legislation uh, father that we might uh see that godly legislation passed and things that uh, uh that are the type that would be uh, uh according to your will and, um, father help us in these things and we pray and ask it in jesus name amen